0: Good morning, and thank you for tuning in and listening to this week's message of hope on KBUR News Radio, 99.3 FM and 1490 AM from First Christian Church of Burlington, Iowa.
1: We have a special music before our children's moment today. Our, some, some of the kids from our toddlers and preschool class are going to come forward to sing a couple songs before the rest of our kids come on down forward. invite the rest of the kids to come on down forward and join them for our showman's moment this morning.
0: Well, Jesus loves me, this I know, hurrah, hurrah. Well, Jesus loves me, this I know, hurrah, hurrah. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so, Jesus loves me so. All right, guys, how are you doing this morning? Awesome. Well, you little ones, you guys did an awesome job. Very good job. Hey, has any of you guys ever lost a tooth? Who's lost a tooth? Most of you lost a tooth. Some of you haven't lost a tooth. if you haven't lost a tooth, don't worry. You guys will lose those teeth eventually. And they're going to fall out and you're going to get brand new permanent adult teeth. But the reason I asked is because we are going to talk a little bit ...about the tooth fairy. So what do we do with our teeth... ...when we lose them? Put it under, pillow. Put it under the pillow for the tooth fairy... ...and she brings a toothpaste... ...and and, and, and dental floss... And, ...and toothbrushes, right? Is that what the tooth fairy brings us? Money. Brings you money? money? You guys get money from the tooth fairy? Awesome. Well, I, I do kind of remember that. When I was a kid, I would take my tooth... ...and I put it in an in envelope... ...and I put it under my pillow... ...and the next day the tooth was gone, and in its place would be some money. That's right. Now, we do things a little bit differently maybe these days, at least in our house we do, because we got our kids one of these boxes, like a tooth fairy box. And on the lid, it has a note for the tooth fairy, and it says this. It says, in this box you will find a teeny tiny tooth of mine. As I sleep where dreams are made, let's see if we can make a trade. So our kids will take their tooth and put it in this box and put it next to the beds, and the Tooth Fairy would come and take the tooth and replace it with some money. Now, the reason I've been thinking about the Tooth Fairy is because the Tooth Fairy has been coming to our house an awful lot the last month or so. And I'm going to embarrass her a little bit right now, but Landry, would you smile for all the kids up here? Look at all those teeth she's missing. She's missing all kinds of teeth, so the Tooth Fairy knows where we live because he's been there a lot lately, okay? But it also reminded me of a story about another little girl named Rachel. Now, Rachel, she was about seven or eight, and she had just started losing some teeth. And she would do like you guys do. She'd take her teeth and put it on her pillow, and the tooth fairy would come and leave her $2. Now, $2 was a lot of money to Rachel, and she was so excited to receive those $2 each and every day. And what made it even better was that later that day she was going to get to go over to her best friend house, Molly's house, and, and hang out and she'll get to share her story about her two dollars with her best friend. So she goes to her best friend's house and tells her the story and is so excited to, to, to share about those two dollars she got. Then Molly said, you know what, I lost a tooth yesterday too, and I put my tooth under the pillow and the tooth fairy came and he gave me ten dollars. Now, all of a sudden, all that enthusiasm and excitement Rachel had for her $2 quickly disappeared because $2 isn't as much as $10, is it? She All of a sudden, she's like, man, I want the $10. So she goes over to Molly's mom and says, would you do me a favor? Would you call my mom and tell her which tooth fairy you use? Now, we laugh, and that's kind of funny, but isn't that the way we are sometimes? Sometimes we can be content with the things that God has blessed in our lives, but then we see our neighbors or our friends or family members get something bigger or better than the things that we have, and all of a sudden we're not as happy or content with the things that God has blessed in our lives. So, in the Bible, Paul wrote to a young preacher named Timothy And Paul told him that we should always be content with the things that God has blessed in our lives. And not only that, we shouldn't spend our days trying to collect all these possessions in life and worry about being rich, rich with money and stuff. But instead, we should try and strive to be rich in good deeds and share the things that we have with others. So I don't know how much money the Tooth Fairy gives each and every one of you guys. But I do know that God will always take care of all your needs. And if God at times blesses you with more than you need, let's make sure that we don't brag about it, but instead share it with other people. Okay? Will you guys pray with me? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your blessings. Help us to be grateful and to be generous in showing what you have given to us with others. your name we pray and all God's kids shout it out.
1: Jesus loves me this I know Hurrah, hurrah oh,
0: Jesus loves me this I know Hurrah, hurrah Little ones to him belong. They are weak but he is strong Jesus loves me The Bible tells me so Jesus loves me so
1: Gracious God, we come before you with hearts full of praise and thanksgiving for all the many gifts of grace and mercy and love that we have received We are filled with awe, O God, over such blessing in our life. Our lives are blessed and enriched with the evidence of your grace and peace visible all around us. For even though the season of winter is in full force and all around us in the snow and the cold and the wind, in this new day, in the bright shining down of the sun, we know that your hope springs eternal, that each day is a new day to experience your love. Just as the cold and dark of winter will not last forever, but spring will come. We know that when pain and sorrow fills our lives, it too will not last forever. Our lives, O God, are filled with so many images of your holiness around us, in the sacredness of all life, in the people that we share life with. Help us, O God, to use this time of worship to be thankful for all the blessings we experience to confess to you those times when we fall short of your grace and to draw upon your wisdom and strength as we seek to be spirit-empowered followers of Jesus Christ. We hear, O God, that our Lord Jesus Christ was the great physician, the one who healed all kinds of people in all kinds of circumstances and places. And so we ask, O God, that you might heal us from all that is hurting and and harming us. We pray for those who are sick and in need of grace and care. We pray for those who are hurting but who find themselves too afraid to speak about it. We pray for those who need to be released from past sins that weigh them down and keep them from finding your love. Remind us, O God, that we are forgiven each and every time in your grace that Christ comes to us and he loves us and he calls us by name and calls us good. Heal us, O God, and set us free from all the chains that bind us and keep us from loving you back. We pray that you might be with us as we do our best to live out the gospel message. Empower us and push us forward for it is our desire to be the kind of people and the kind of followers that you would have us to be. And so we ask, oh well, God, you might gather up these, our prayers, and our personal, individual petitions. Because we give them to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Our scripture reading today comes from the book of 2 Peter, chapter 3, verses 8 through 15. We invite the spirit of God to bless us and be upon us as we hear God's word read in the midst of worship this morning. But do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some might think of slowness, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, and the elements will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and everything that is done on it will be disclosed. Since all these things are to be dissolved in this way, what sort of persons ought you to be leading lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming day of God? because of which the heavens will be set ablaze and dissolved with the elements will melt with fire. But in accordance with this promise, we wait for new heavens and a new earth where righteousness is at home. Therefore, beloved, while you are waiting for these things, strive to be found by him at peace without a spot of blemish and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. So also our beloved Paul wrote to you according to the wisdom that has been given to him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God for it. We're continuing here this morning with our big question sermon series. We are in week four out of five. And so we are nearly done. We are just about over one more week to go together and We are in this series because we have been asking some of the big questions of life of God. Some of those questions that make us toss and turn, that kind of keep us up late at night, stuff that kind of eats under our skin and bugs us, questions that we have of God. And so we have asked questions about what happens to us when we die, and we heard the assurance from the Scriptures that we will see our loved ones again. We asked questions about how we can feel the presence of God And we heard the good news that we can know that God is near because God moves through people just like you and me, that we are the hands and feet of Christ. And we even heard the message about how to keep on moving through faith when we find ourselves on spiritual E in our spiritual gas tank and we do not know how to go on. God calls us to keep on moving and walking in faith. We've been mulling, we've been chewing, we've been stewing, we've been digging deep into God's love together over these past few weeks. And so we move on to another question today, and we probably come to the most difficult question there is. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do bad things happen to some of the most faithful and loving and well-meaning people that we know? Why do some of them get struck down with awful illnesses? Why do bad things happen to our best friends? Even though we pray and we pray for that not to be the case, sometimes it is. Why, God, is what we ask. Why? And so that's the question today. About seven or eight years ago, two teenage girls were out on a summer morning doing what they usually did in mid-July to earn extra money. They were detasseling a cornfield just south of Rock Falls, Illinois. In those days, we lived in Sterling, Illinois, just across the Rock River, and so we knew that area very well. And so these girls we're out working in the fields with a whole crew of people all around them, paired up two by two together. And we can imagine them doing what girls, teenage girls did, talking about movies, talking about guys, about what they did the previous weekend, doing what girls usually do. And as they're walking down the rows, one of them comes into contact with an irrigator. One of those big, massive devices that waters all the fields. And so she accidentally touches this irrigator as she's standing in this pool of water. And it's this crazy freak accident. And suddenly, she's electrocuted. And when this happens, her best friend, who is standing right there with her, tries to push her off, push her to safety. And when this happens, she pushes her friend, she's electrocuted too, and they're both gone in the blink of an eye. Why? Why are these girls trying to earn extra money in a summertime job die in this freak accident? When this happened on this day, I happened to be the volunteer, on-call chaplain at the hospital that day, and that was the question. When all the family came, why? This question isn't just asked on that day. It happens on days like whenever the old saintly matriarch is nearing the end of her life. And so all the family has started together. Flights have been booked and taken all across the country so that everybody can come back to the old house, the old family homestead. And so everybody is there. Sons and daughters, grandchildren have been taken out of school so that they can come home and say their last goodbyes to their loved one. And that kitchen table in the old house that has for years been the center of all house activities where you have celebrated Christmas and Thanksgiving and Easter and birthdays and all kinds of ordinary plain old days, that is still the center of the house. Because now the bedroom where that old saintly matriarch has lived in for years has been turned into a hospice room. But all the family is there at the table, keeping watch together, telling stories, sharing life. They say things like, remember that time when we were driving in the car and we drove like 17 hours in one day and dad made us stop just, just like once or, or twice the whole entire time. And soon that person trails off because everybody else knows the story. They were there in the car has has been, been told so many times. Stories have been shared. And so you play cards and people bring by food and there are casseroles and there are pies and you eat, even though you're not really hungry, you eat anyway, doing whatever you can to keep your mind off of the inevitable. And so you wait and you wait and you pray for your loved one to pass, to fall back into the arms of God's love, who created her, who blessed her, who will welcome her home. But still, you have to wait. And so casseroles get reheated. Someone pulls off the saran wrap off those pies and has a second and a third and like a tenth piece. They keep on going back because you keep on waiting, wondering, why? Why does our loved one have to linger? Why do these bad things happen? Why are we put in awful situations what's the response from God? the faithful response from us people who believe in God? Well, as your pastor, sometimes the very best answer that I have to give sometimes the most faithful, the most biblical, the best answer I have to give when these awful things happen to us is I don't know. They're at the house where everybody's been camped out for like three weeks. I don't know. They're in the hospital room at two in the morning when all the lights have been turned down and everybody's voices are hushed and you're standing there waiting. I don't know. That's the best and most faithful kind of answer we have because sometimes there are no words to describe why awful things happen. Why two teenage girls with so much promise and hope in their life find their lives snuffed out in the blink of an instance. When sometimes the only thing that we want to do is leave this earth to find our eternal reward back home in the arms of God, and it takes a while. I don't know. Why do these things happen? I don't know. But what I do know is this, that in the New Testament, there are two different words to describe time, and I want to teach them to you. The first word for time is the word chronos. This is the Greek word where we get the word in our language chronology. This is the word that we use to talk about how long it takes to drive from like here to Mount Pleasant and back. This is the word that we use to describe how long our flight is from like here to Florida where it's like 75 and sunny right now. This is the word that we use to talk about how long it takes you next Sunday for the pizza delivery man to get to your house on Super Bowl Sunday when you are waiting and watching the clock. Chronology is what we use to talk about our schedules when we want things to happen, when we have them scheduled and down to happen. Chronology is our calendar and our watch and how we live our lives. But the second word in the New Testament is the word kairos. And this is God's time. And this word in the back half of the Bible in the New Testament has nothing to do with distance and minutes and watches and hours. God's time is the Bible reminds us, is not our time. In fact, Second Peter put it this way. He said, with the Lord is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like one day with the Lord. In fact, it says, God is not slow about his promises, as some might think of slowness, but God is patient with you. Because of this, those things that we want to take place right here and now, in this moment, may not be ready in the eyes of God. And those things that we do not wish to come to pass may be right before our eyes. The scripture says, even Jesus himself says, that it is not our time to know and understand. But I believe that God doesn't play games with us. That God doesn't move us around like pieces on some kind of worldwide cosmic chessboard that God is not like the wizard of Oz and the man behind the yellow curtain, moving us around, pulling all kinds of levers, pushing all the buttons. I believe that God doesn't pick us off like some kind of divine sniper laying in the weeds. That's not who God is in our lives. Sometimes bad things happen because people make mistakes. Because people have free will and sometimes we choose the wrong instead of choosing the good. But for me, that doesn't make God any less powerful, any less loving, any less present. It just means sometimes God's time isn't our time. And so what are we left to do? Are we left to kind of sit around and and wait for the time to come? I mean, surely not. The scriptures, in fact, are clear how we are to live out our days. Second Peter says we are called to strive to be found at peace. Striving to be found at peace in our lives so that our lives are full of the peace and the presence and the love of God. See, over the past few days... There has been this hymn, this old school hymn that has been running through my head. And the chorus says, no storm can shake my inmost calm while to that rock I'm clinging. Since love is Lord of heaven and earth, how can I keep from singing? No storm can shake the inmost calm that we have. And so how do we keep from singing? See, maybe you've noticed that we've had a bit of crazy weather the past few days. I mean, snow and ice and wind and rain and sometimes all in like the same like 12 hour time period. We have experienced it all. And there's good news. It's supposed to snow more this week. I mean, can I get an amen? It's supposed to snow more this week. The high on Wednesday is 12 below. It's the high is 12 below. We're not going to leave our house. We're going to stay inside all day long on Wednesday. But maybe you notice something cool about those days when it rains and the wind was blowing and it's like a blizzard outside of our kitchen window. On that day when it was so windy and the snow was like covering the patio and, and, and blowing through, through the trees and, and, and covering the road, if you were to step outside, the wind would hit you in the face and it was so cold and biting and awful. But when you step back inside... It was warm and it was safe. Even though every once in a while he at, at our house, the house creaked when the wind blew a certain way, sometimes it like the lights flickered here and there. But on the outside everything was covered in the snow, the wind was blowing so hard. But there on our couch on the inside was a calm and a peace. There was heat. There was hot chocolate. There was coffee. There on the inside, even though the blizzard was raging outside the window, inside. It was quiet. See, for me, that is how God calls us to live our lives, to find the calm inside of our lives, that even though the storms may rage all around us, even though our loved ones die and sometimes our friends suffer, and we don't know why bad things happen to good people, we trust that God gives us a peace, that we take deep breaths and we trust in the goodness of God. Because no storm can shake our inmost call. Because we cling to the rock of our salvation. Because love, love alone is the Lord of heaven and earth. And so how can we keep from singing? How can't this be the message of our whole life? Because God's love is there. Let us pray. Oh, loving God, we give you thanks and praise for your peace that speaks to us in that still, small voice. and the quiet moments of life, O oh God, when the world around us rages, is loud and violent, and we do not have answers to the difficult and hard questions of life, when the best that we can do is say, we don't understand, and we don't know why. Remind us that your love is always there, that nothing that happens in life can take away your grace and peace from us, that our sins are always forgiven in Christ, that your love always remains. Remind us of that hope and set that peace inside of us, O God. Give us a calm and a quiet heart to know that you are there. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message of hope from First Christian Church Disciples of Christ here in Burlington, Iowa. We are located at 1221 Park Avenue on the south side of town in between the airport and Dankwart Park. If you're looking for a church home or looking to find a relationship with Jesus Christ for the first time, we hope that you will join us for worship this Sunday morning. We have two services every week, Our traditional service is at 8.45 a.m. and features old-time favorite hymns and a wonderful anthem by our chancel choir. Our contemporary service is at 10.45 and features our amazing band and music that you hear from today's Christian radio. Both services offer a hope-filled and challenging message for today, activities for youth and children of all ages, and open communion for all who believe in Christ. There is no better way than to begin your week with worship, so I hope you will join us. You can find out more information by going to our website at www.burlingtondoc.org and you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BurlingtonDOC. We hope you have a great week and share the love of God with someone today.